This morning we recognize the Sunday of Pentecost. It's a day of celebration that came 50 days after Passover and comes 50 days after our Easter celebration. And after that first Easter, Pentecost took on a whole new meaning from what it had meant to the Jews who were there for their typical Pentecost celebration. Today, in Acts 2, we read why it has new meaning. We see that we can embrace the power and the presence of the Spirit in a new way, not because the Spirit necessarily is new. The Spirit of God was with people from the beginning, hovering over the waters in the very first chapter. But, but the way that people experience the Spirit of God is a bit new. And we get to see that new understanding and, and, and give thanks for the evidence of the Spirit's presence as we consider Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Now when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. But Peter... Standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed him, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I pour out my uh, spirits upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, and blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. 
And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A couple of months ago at dinner, Finn, our three-year-old, mentioned in his three-year-old voice that he had two new students in class, in his daycare class. And he gave his best version of the names Brinley and Kylie, two twins who had been, you know, joined his class. Now, I'm an old man. I was prescribed transitions lenses this week, I think they're called. Is that right? Or progressives, that's right. I'm an old man. And so I didn't understand what my three-year-old said. And so I said something like Brinson and Callie. And he says, no, 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 Brinley and Kylie. And I said, but Brinley and, and Ka- Ka- Callie, Collie, what? And he says, Brinley and Kylie. And I kept trying and trying to get the names right, but I couldn't. And in 30 seconds, him saying Brinley and Kylie in his three-year-old voice with a little bit of a Granville County accent because this is where he was born, became a nightly version for about four nights of who's on first and what's on second and Brinley and Kylie. And a few days later, I checked their names on the cubbies at school and learned it was Brinley and Kylie. And once I learned how to actually say their names, the joke wasn't funny anymore. But when it was funny, what made it funny was that here we are, two people trying to speak the same language, completely misunderstanding one another. Two people trying to say the same thing, yet struggling because we are so far apart to understand what each other means. It was a textbook miscommunication. Something that happens all the time in life. And something that happens in stark contrast to what happens in Acts chapter 2. Because today, through the movement of of God's Spirit, many languages are spoken. Everyone understands that I don't quite understand what it is that he's saying to the Romans, or him to the Parsleyans, or him to the Medes. Yet even in the midst of all of those voices, it's the opposite of a biblical who's on first. Because everyone who had gathered understood what was happening. All the languages, all the words, all the different things being spoken, yet it was clear that God's love was no longer kept by certain people who spoke a certain way. The gospel message could no longer exist just as a legend in and around Jerusalem and Judea and Galilee. Through the Spirit of God, even though they spoke foreign words, and had different ideas and phrases, and may not have had a single cultural trait that was similar, they all knew, they all understood that God's Word was being spread. And it was very, very good. Now, as you heard, uh, Jews from all over had gathered in Jerusalem for the Festival of Weeks, or the Pentecost Festival. 
Seven weeks and one day after Passover, they celebrated this harvest festival, a first fruits festival, and a festival that reaffirmed the covenant between God and Noah as it was given in Genesis chapter 9. The festival of weeks was not nearly as significant as Passover, yet it was still a holy day, and there, so there were still pilgrims gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate God's generosity and to affirm that covenant that God made with Noah. And it's significant that we now celebrate Pentecost and call it the day when the church is birthed because of the particularity of this festival. Do you remember God's covenant with Noah, the, the, the Noahic covenant from Genesis 9? We don't refer to it very much, but we, we remember that in Genesis 9, God promises never to cut off the people of the earth and all of the living creatures, never to do that again. God promises never to cut himself off from the creation again. And so isn't it then significant that in the celebration of that covenant, that we experience the Spirit anew. A fulfillment of God's promise to be on our side, to never cut us off, comes as the Spirit descends as flames, tongues of flames, to proclaim the good news and the message of, of Jesus' good news in words that people from all over can understand. Now, on Pentecost Sunday, during this festival, the one that says, I'm never cutting you off again, here today, everyone gets the ability to hear and understand the Word of God, the love of God, and the presence of God. This is what Acts 2 is about. Today we see the picture and the power that, that the Word of God is coming upon the people to give them words to spread that news far beyond where it was initially kind of contained, if you will. Because once the power of God breaks out of Jerusalem and is unleashed to the ends of the earth, it will come through these pilgrims who have new words. And it eventually gets all the way around the world to you and to me in places like Oxford, where we too experience that love of God, that power from the Spirit, and that ability to see that God's love speaks even to us in our own lives, in languages that we understand. So I titled this sermon, The Spirit's Empathy, but that's not really an accurate title. I, I really suppose that if, if, if it were up to a theologian, they would nix the title completely and I couldn't put it in any sort of theological document, whatever, because I don't know that it's possible for the Spirit to have empathy. And I'll get to that in a second. But empathy for us, for you and for me as humans, is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within a frame of reference, from their frame of reference. It's the capacity to put oneself in another's position. 
Empathy is somehow knowing and, and trying to know how someone feels. Of course, we can't totally do that. You can't have pure empathy because I can't exactly know what it feels like to be you. But in a way, maybe if I'm trying to be empathetic, I, I learn what it feels like to walk in your footsteps, to, to wear your shoes. We can't do it perfectly, but we can try. And, and by, by trying, by, by practicing empathy, we can experience the world through compassion the way that someone else might. And now the reason I say the Spirit might not be able to do this is because, well, the Spirit is with us always, right? The, the Spirit knows, like God's presence and love is within us. So the Spirit doesn't need empathy to know what we feel. The, the, the Spirit feels it with us. Yet, sharing God's power and love, and in doing so, the Spirit in Acts, I think displays an exercise in empathy. In Acts 2, the Spirit shares the good news through the power of God to everyone in their own language. The Spirit helps them to see, whether they were from near or far, helps them to hear, helps them to experience God loves in God's love in ways they understand. Not just in the ways that the individuals or the disciples knew how to explain it. The disciples were given languages that they didn't know how to speak, but when they went out, they spoke the languages of those who had come in from afar so they could hear the good news. The empathetic move is that the Spirit of God in Acts 2 reaches out in a way that someone else understands. And God doesn't demand that purification and power and salvation and, and resurrection and the love of God be shared just in the one way that the disciples knew how to share it. Instead, in Acts 2, God reaches out for everyone. Again. And on that day when the people gathered to celebrate the fact that the covenant God made in Genesis 9 was one in which they would never be cut off from, caught, cut off from they now see that God's love reaches beyond its previous borders and beyond the places that defined their expectation into unexpected places. And they see the first step of God's work fulfilling that guiding star from Acts 1-8, that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and to the ends of the earth. And it starts right here as the Spirit gives those believers the ability to speak in ways that others could understand, not just in ways that they could understand. And this is good news. This instructs us to spread God's love and power in ways that reflect not only what we understand to be our call, but in ways that help someone else, someone else's society and language and culture that might be different from ours, yet helps them to understand that love and power also. We don't just speak so that we understand or are understood, we speak so they can understand also. This, I think, is what Acts calls us to. A new way of acting and living and moving because the Spirit pushes us to share His love 
in ways that they will get, not just in the ways we know how to speak it. Speaking of fathers and sons, there was a viral video that made its way around the world this week, I think. And I don't normally click on those things, but for, for some reason I happened upon this one. You may have seen it. It's a father and a son that's about four to six months old. A little baby. They're sitting on the couch and they're watching TV. And they have this exchange. It goes back and forth for like 90 seconds. And the father is saying, you know, what do you think about this show? And the baby just... And he stops. And the father says, yeah, yeah, but about the character, you know, I think it would be better if they... And the baby responds. And when he stops, I can't understand it. It's babbling. And it goes on for like 90 seconds. And I'm laughing by the time I get to the end of this because this baby clearly understands something about communication. But they're having this mock exchange between two people. The dad speaks, the baby babbles in response. The dad says words, the baby gestures as we do. Shows he's engaged. Yet neither one understands anything about what's going on. It's like and, and unlike me and Finn at the dinner table. They're speaking different languages and they don't really understand. Cam and I, are, or Finn and I, are speaking different languages, the same language, and we don't understand. Yet in Acts 2, the Spirit one-ups us, one us all. Because the power of the Spirit affirms that the way to share the love of God can happen even if we don't understand the words. Even if we don't have the words. God's love can reach beyond us in ways that others would understand and doesn't necessarily demand that they adapt to our way of experiencing the world just to experience God's love. And that is good news. That is the opposite of what happened in that 90s sitcom Seinfeld when they went to the soup restaurant. Surely many of you remember them visiting the soup stand and the soup chef who had a distinctive way in which you had to eat and experience his restaurant. You walked up to the line, you ordered your soup quickly, you paid with maybe exact change, and then you moved out of the way. And if you delayed or you asked the wrong question, or you behaved the wrong way, the soup chef would say, no soup for you, and would send you on your way. We've all felt this way. We've all felt like we don't know the language. We we don't know how to order coffee in the new coffee shop, right? We stare at the menu too long. We hold up the line. We hope that we can figure it out this time so that when we come back, we can get it right. God is not like the soup chef. Neither should we be that way. We should not and cannot limit the good news of grace just to those who can do it exactly the way that we ask them to. Because the Spirit speaks in every language. 
The power of God reaches beyond expectation. And the good news of Jesus' love and power and resurrection reaches the ends of the earth, even to us, not because we were made like them, but because God's love is able to reach languages that anyone can understand. This is what God does. And when we do that, yes, we are being empathetic and we are being instruments of the Spirit. And so today, we're called to consider the ways that others need to hear the good news of the Gospel and experience love and, and, and consider the way that we can embody that, not just in the modes and languages and customs that we understand, but maybe in some that they would understand also. And when we do this, I think we will experience God's love and power all the more fully, and so will they. And when we do this, we are embodying empathy because of the Spirit, and we are sharing the good news. And when we experience that, we all will say, thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for this day for your love and your strength and your presence that is with us, for the ways that you have reached even us, quirky as we all may be, and the ways that your love has reached around the world for some 2,000 years through a language called English to a town called Oxford and to a church called Oxford Baptist. We thank you for the presence of your Spirit which has come upon us and has exhibited your love and strength and grace to us. And we ask that your Spirit give us the words and the patience and the kindness and the love to reach beyond ourselves to share your love with others so that they might experience it through the power of your Spirit in ways that they can understand and embrace also. Lord, send us on mission as the church to share your love in ways that others understand, not just in the ways that we know how to experience it. Give us wisdom and courage and strength to do, it. do that. We pray that you would help us. In the name of Jesus Christ, your risen, risen Son, and in your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, today. Amen.